the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live from our recording studio inside our very spacious English manor house. It's the Worldview Media Podcast. Starring Joyce Runyon. Wow. I've got a roll. <laughs> and I am her sidekick, Gordon Runyon. This is the Worldview Media Podcast. And we are here today to do a little bit of a discussion on a movie called The Crooked House. Just Crooked House. It's just Crooked House. Yeah, there's no the. No definite article. <clears throat> this movie we watched on Amazon Prime, and it is an Agatha Christie. It's based off of a book. Agatha Christie mystery adapted to the cinema. Yes. Now this this mystery story takes place in England and there is this large manor mm-hmm. house that is uh what would you say morally crooked or <laughs> psychologically crooked. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of problems in the house, I think. Yeah, but it's not the house itself. It's the family that lives there. Yeah. And so the old man, the patriarch of the family, an extremely wealthy family, has Mm -hmm. been poisoned and... Well, he has died. Now, somebody thinks he's been poisoned and contacts the detective. And then, lo and behold, he was poisoned. Right. And the whole family is suspect. What a family, huh? Yeah, they are a uh, crazy cast of characters. We won't even try to go through them. There are a ton of suspects in this movie. Yeah. And what's the name of our hero, the detective? Charles Hayward. Charles Hayward. He's working as a private investigator. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we're led to believe that he's barely scraping by economically. Well, his, yeah, it doesn't look so great for his office. Right. And his secretary is kind of giving him a ration. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes that's your job. Right. <laughs> and so he goes to work to try to discover who poisoned the old man. And... The suspects are all family members. Yeah, pretty much. And well, they don't have much staff, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess there is a there's a nanny and a that we never meet and a tutor, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, basically, it winds up any of these people in the house could have done it Mm -hmm. and might have done it. Yeah, one of the. Daughter-in-law has a degree in poison. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's an expert in poisons. Yeah, and so these sorts of things abound, and 
And it's not just that they all have motive and that they all have opportunity and they all have things that they might benefit by if the old man was dead. But mm -hmm. uh, really, they're just, they're all wicked people, really. They're all evil. They're amoral. They really have no moral compasses between them. And um, well, I don't know. Lady Edith, is that... The aunt. Yeah. She seems... Well, she's the most stable of them. But she's still, you know... She was still suspicious at Yeah, point, she so is. So she's kind of like, well, I don't know. She's <laughs> right. an old gal. She maybe got tired of something. Right. <clears throat> and so there's a little bit of a love interest in there, too. For anybody that's concerned about it, there's no... There's no sex. There's very little violence. Is there... Could you even really call it violence? I'm not sure you could. No, I don't think there was really much much of that. There's and, no cuss words. Yeah, and I think it's a PG, PG rating. I'm not sure why it would be, unless it was just because the subject matter was kind of... A little bit. Psychologically dark at times. Yeah. Uh, what did you like about the movie? Were there things that you liked about it? Um... Well, that tells you what kind of movie. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking. It's, you know, normally I like foreign, foreign type things. You know, this is in England. It's a, a time set one. Uh, so what? It's like the 40s, maybe? Yeah. And it is a big grand house and the costuming is good. It's just that it seemed really slow. Yeah. And, um, a lot of the filming seemed, it just wasn't well lit. Right. It was you very know. dark. It was and physically dark. Yeah it, yeah. it was hard to see a lot of what was going on sometimes on the screen. Um, and so, and the characters, there were like, there's a lot of characters. So it's really hard to have a lot of character development in this. Right. You know, a book is probably different because it's going to take more time and you're going to get more backstories and you're going to know a little bit more. Um, I thought the, the sets were really nice. I thought the costuming was, um, was pretty good. You know, right, there's I different. Right, I felt like the production value was yeah. good all around. Yeah. But it, um, it was just really slow. Yeah. And maybe I was just really tired too. Yeah, right. Both <laughs> but, of us were falling you know, asleep. I was like but, having yeah. to really concentrate and, and pay attention and, um, that could have just been, Myself, maybe somebody else wouldn't have those problems. Well, I'll tell you what. I think we hit two bad movies in a row because I didn't like this movie. There, it does have a couple of things that it did well. Mm -hmm. And without spoiling the plot, I will just admit that it, it, dun, dun, dun. it swerved Big surprise. me. You said what? <laughs> I got swerved. I yeah. admit I didn't see the killer coming yeah uh, and in fact right up right up until they revealed it <laughs> you were like i was i was on the wrong now? one <laughs> you know <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah. it did swerve me and and i gotta give it credit for that mm -hmm. once you know how the mysteries go that once the killer is revealed, then you can kind of go back through and see and say, how, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, this was this and ah, uh, and then they if knew the about that. If the mystery is and, done right, you can yeah. see how the pieces fall into place. 
Yeah. And so I got to give it credit that way. But that was maybe more Agatha Christie than it was this movie. You know, Agatha Christie swerved me. Uh, well, here. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't know how, how close the book is to what we saw. Right. You know, that's the other thing because I haven't read that. So. Well, well, neither have I. But I think I have to say you mentioned that probably there were elements of the story that worked better in a book than they did in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the main thing that I walked away with. I kind of walked away thinking, I bet this, if if this movie was faithful to the book, I bet this was a really good mystery yeah. story to read. But I didn't think it was a good movie. It's so now slow. we've seen another Agatha Christie movie. Right, we saw Murder, Murder on the Orient yeah. Express. And that was another one that was kind of It was slow, slow, but it wasn't this slow. And, yeah. Well. And it wasn't this dark. It's the English way of yeah. being slow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I gotcha. But, You're right about that. But the pacing I didn't think was good. And and like you say, I'm sure the physical darkness of the, of the set was meant at points to be metaphorical mm-hmm. and symbolic. Have a deeper meaning and... But, to give you an eerie, oh, you know, it's this nice me, house and it should I'm be. I'm 51. My eyes don't work that well to begin with. And <laughs> sometimes it was just hard for me to watch it and keep track of what was going on. Yeah. And then, like you said, there's a huge cast of suspects. Mm-hmm. And sometimes well, they, the whole family lives right. here. <laughs> Anybody Multiple who's generations and cousins. And part of this family right. is in this big house. So it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it was really hard for me to keep track of sometimes, especially when you have like two characters in a scene and they're talking about other characters who aren't there and they're just talking about them by name. Like, oh. And sometimes that was hard for me to think, yeah. which one is she? Is she the crazy one in this is way or is she crazy in this other way? Is she the one that's married to the one that everybody loves <clears throat> or is she right. married to the one that nobody cares about? <laughs> right. And so I would say uh, that was mostly not enjoyable for me. Yeah. Uh, when it began, I liked the main character pretty well. Mm-hmm. The detective. Yeah, I thought he was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And you get this sense early on that he has some daddy issues. He's trying to live up to a reputation of his father or something and, uh, where you don't know what the connection yeah. is, but there's something, there's some kind of tension or conflict between him and his father. And that was the other thing that I didn't really like is that although they hit that note several times during the movie, never really developed, never resolved. Yeah. And in, in fact, never really explained. Yeah. You know, and so that was a story arc that didn't arc. Yeah. Didn't arc, didn't spark, didn't do nothing. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so my whole thought was if, if you're a mystery reader, to me, I think that from what I understand, because I'm not a big murder mystery fan, yeah. but people who are really into reading murder mysteries, mm-hmm. part of the fun of it is that it's like setting them inside like a puzzle room or an mm-hmm. escape room and trying to figure out yeah, and, and do all the It's a big clues puzzle and, and yeah. can you catch the clues as they come by? And so my feeling was this probably probably was a really good version of that in the book, but it just didn't adapt well to a movie. 
That was my thinking. So yeah, I well, it was slow. It would be hard for me to recommend it to anybody. It, I, yeah, I don't think I could give it. A and it was C. a long it's, movie too. Right, you know, it's I was long hoping it would be uh, kind of, yeah, not quite so long. <laughs> uh, uh, so I think I gave out a D last week, and uh, here's another one. I don't think this was very good. Well, I probably won't watch it again, and I don't think it makes me want to uh, watch, um, you know, grab the book and read it right. <laughs> either. But uh, if you like murder mysteries, you might like this. You right. Know, if or you probably your, like the book better. Well, yeah. books are always better. Yeah, you know, can't get away from that. Oh, no way. Yes. No way. Books are always no. better. What? I'm a fan of books, but... Some things you just gotta see. You wouldn't want want to read a Avengers Infinity War novel. I well, mean, you gotta see that. They're not gonna write that. That's a script. If it was, though, you'd want to. It'd be a comic book. That's <laughs> what it would be. And it already actually, has been. You wouldn't yeah. be uh, reading it in a word by word thing. So there are different genres that work better for different types yeah, of absolutely of. Is it a mystery? Is it an action-packed thing? You know, those things, they translate better in different mediums. So, <clears throat> but yeah. it was, it was okay. Really? It was okay. I'm at less than okay. Yeah, I can tell. I, I kind of wish I hadn't seen it. Seen it. Well, I think this worked out better than the other one we were about. <laughs> <laughs> we started that and said, oh, maybe we should What just... was that other one we were going to do? I don't, I don't even, even remember. remember. It was supposed to be based on a true story, so but it just started off a little too dicey, so we just said, <laughs> right. mm, we're going to call this, pull the plug! <laughs> right. <clears throat> Some places not even the Worldview Media team dares to tread. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. All right. You done with this portion? Ready to start talking about Are you done stuff? with this portion? And I'm done. You're so done. Well, we can't. What's hard is that we we made an agreement not to tell you everything in case. The only good part about the movie is the solution. Is the ending. <laughs> right. And we can't give that away. That's what he tells me. So, all right. Then. However, my hint is. No hints. Yeah. I'm if giving, you can't do it, no. I'm giving a hint. No. It's so obscure, nobody will get it. Then don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're giving me that mom look. <laughs> I can't do it. All right. Hit me up on Facebook. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> All right. Let's take our break and we'll come back and talk worldview issues. There are some. So that'll yeah. be interesting. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed 
where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom. And we're back, Worldview Media Podcast, part of the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network, your one-stop shop for all your dominionizing needs. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right. And we're done. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> this is the uh, Worldview discussion portion of the podcast where we talk about what is being preached to us. You know, I don't know if you know this, Mom. Every media bit that we receive is preaching something to us. Well, it definitely has a message. Right. Yeah. And so we need to learn how to discern what that is. Yeah. Well, let me say, at this moment, (laughs) on our last podcast, I was just really kind of... Disgusting. You were hard. I was hard. I was <laughs> I was upset. I wasn't happy. And I think I may have made a comment just saying that people are stupid. Well, they are. And for the most part, <laughs> I, I'll stick by that. But I would want to say that especially when it comes to watching things, if we're watching a movie or we're watching a sitcom or whatever we're doing, we're there to be entertained and you don't really want to have to think too hard because people just don't do that. And if you do that to them, they'll, you know, they'll turn it off. They'll go somewhere else and, you know, well, I guess I'll go get me some food, something to drink, time to run to the bathroom. I won't wait for the commercial. And so you kind of have to, you know, not be so hard on your viewers. I mean, you can get a message across without having to be too evasive about what that message is. So, well, I think your point was just that in a movie where all the people making it are confessing Christians and wanting to extend the kingdom of Christ out into the media, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, and we applaud that, and mm-hmm. we want to see more of it. But as we do that, we are going to stumble along the way and stuff like that. And we need to be able to learn from our mistakes and all that. Yes. And I think your issue was just that a Christian movie is going to, as Christians, we're going to look at it a little bit differently. And maybe we'll look at it a little bit more critically mm-hmm. because we know what the ultimate message is that, th- that they're going to try to get across. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, or we at least know... In what ballpark that message is going to be. Maybe. And so it <laughs> it's hard when we either see that message being preached in a manner that's too vague mm-hmm. or in a, ma- in a manner that's really kind of too on the nose and not very realistic and mm-hmm. kind of cheesy. Yeah. And usually it's cheesy. Yeah, usually. So... 
you know, I know we probably sounded like we were pretty hard on the river thief. Well, maybe one of us did. <laughs> <laughs> you were harder on it than me, but. <laughs> but, you know, you have to take that into consideration with but your you, audience at you all You honestly went into that movie really not knowing who it was coming no, from or, no. or, or what it was supposed to be. I figured it was a like low that. budget movie yeah. <laughs> that somebody had said, Hey, let's look at this. <laughs> right. But you didn't have any expectations at all about it though, in terms of no, what, no. what it was going to try to do. Or... No, I didn't. I just figured it was a low budget and it was getting ready for a ride. <laughs> yeah. But we've seen some of that that was not terrible though. Yeah. Some movies that were maybe did things a little bit better in some areas. So, well, that was just a clarification on my part because so I was like, oh, you really you do know. think everybody is stupid. I think the potential is there at all times, <laughs> and some people step into it very freely. <laughs> the tea in the Calvinistic tulip is total <laughs> stupidity. <laughs> well, it goes along with depravity. It, it sure does. It sure does. Got to be pretty stupid to be completely depraved. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about? We are talking about... Crooked House. The Crooked House. Know the. Know the. We are talking about Crooked House. Yes. Man, that's hard for me to do. I know. <laughs> All right, so in this movie, there are some kind of thematic things that can be picked out i think okay what'd you pick out i thought one recurring note was really was kind of total depravity and mm -hmm. uh it was really kind of a study in depravity and actually i think a lot of the time that can make for some really good drama mm-hmm the whole series, uh, Breaking Bad, which many people would put up in the top three or five, uh, series ever made. Oh, ever made. Yeah. Breaking Bad was really good. And if you had to pick out a theme, uh, it's kind of total depravity. And, yeah. and how if you leave people alone to their own devices and to. They usually do bad things. Yep. Yeah. And. I just had a discussion with a guy not too long ago when I pointed out that I was kind of had become disillusioned and disappointed with The Walking Dead mm. and wasn't watching it anymore because all the hope had been taken out of it. It was a hopeless thing and we just kept running into now there's this group of bad guys and now this group of bad guys and, and it wasn't going anywhere and it was mm. just very repetitive. And he countered that and said, well, it's a study in total depravity. And what what happens to a society when there is no knowledge of God and there's no, uh, no, real no dependency of, on the yeah. law of God? And, and that that's what it is. And it, and it is dark and it is hopeless because mm -hmm. there's no, there's no reason for hope if you've gotten rid of God. And so he was trying to defend that there really was a, a redeeming theme going through there. And so I, I guess I can see that, but I think. But still as an audience, as a viewer, 
you have to see what you're doing to your people that are watching. Yeah. And are you going to want to watch? I mean, you've had a long day. It was a bad day. <laughs> people got mad at you at work. And you feel terrible anyway. Nobody made you any dinner. And then you sit down to watch this program that you really enjoy, and it just makes your day worse. Right. So, you know, what is it you're trying to do to your viewers? So think about that. Well, and so Crooked House kind of does this. The the manor house itself winds up being kind of a sociological experiment. To my mind, it becomes kind of like this fishbowl. And you have these different breeds of fish, and they are the only ones that they deal with. And and there's really no rules there. At one point, one character is talking about what it's like to have so much money that he doesn't have to work. And and he kind of says something, well, why would I... (laughs) <laughs> yes, I hate it in here, but why would I want to have to go work for a living somewhere? And Yeah. Very much the same as our kind of main complaint about things like the welfare system, where mm. if you just give people what they need in order to live and survive and be mildly comfortable, yeah. and they don't have to work for it. There's no reason that they would ever want to leave that situation. Yeah, and, it, and it's very morally corrupting in all areas. And yeah. so... I think we normally think about that kind of thing having to do with the the poor, the entitled poor, mm-hmm. and but in this movie it was the the rich who because they were rich were in that same situation where there was no need or no desire, there was no point in trying to redeem the time, so to speak. There was none of them had any real goals and other than just fulfilling their own lusts. Yeah. And so that was, there was something interesting in that. And it was crooked. Yeah. You know, and for the fact that the creators understood that and kind of emphasized the crookedness of it, Mm -hmm. that here are these people whose riches really have corrupted them in... A variety of different ways. Yeah. And they've all come to the point where, at the end of the movie, if you had to pick who the killer was, it could have legitimately been any of them. Yeah. You know? Well, and that this is a, a family yeah. that's living in one huge place, and they're very disconnected from each other. You know, nobody yeah. does anything with the other people. Um, even with the children, right. the parents are really disconnected from them. They don't seem to interact with any of them. And they've got a range of ages. You know, one's a, probably like in her 20s, probably one's a teenage boy, and then one's a, you know, maybe 8 to 10 years old. Yeah, there's three generations in there. Well, but yeah. for the one family that has the three kids, all oh, three yeah. kids belong to that oh, yeah, one yeah. couple. And... You never see them even interact with their kids. Everybody's <laughs> off on their own. And there are two um, two characters that don't seem quite as weird. They seem anomalies in this family. And that's yeah. uh, Sophia, the girl that goes out and says, She hires the I detective. Think my yeah. grandpa's been killed. And then the elderly aunt who um, 
has been around from the beginning <laughs> and seen, well, how evil the grandpa was and in, in controlling everything. And so right. he has controlled everything for his children, for his grandchildren, for right. anybody he comes in contact with. And, uh, so these two characters don't really fit in with everybody else because they just seem a little bit more normal, maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> more regular. And so that's, that's a little bit strange to me because the girl had the same parents as the other two children who, you know, they don't, in, they don't interact with anybody. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just really weird. That's a. Yeah, it was a strange <laughs> situation for sure. You mentioned the old man that died. The constant complaint about him was how controlling he was and manipulative. And he was obviously a very type A personality mm -hmm. and being the go-getter and the, the really assertive type that's what it helped him amass this fortune and but there's probably a worldview lesson in there about how resentful his whole family was about the fact that he took all this aggression and control and authoritarianism that it took to build this business empire that he dealt with his family in the exact same way. And that, you know, the Bible says specifically to fathers that they should avoid exasperating their children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, here's a man who capitalized on exasperating his children. And to the point they were all happy to see him go. And, yeah. And might have all done it themselves. And, but so, they weren't so unhappy that they decided to leave. Right. <laughs> so. Because their idol had been their wealth and they hated their father. He was kind of a god figure over that household. They hated mm -hmm. him, but they did, but they liked what he was providing them with. And yeah. Well, and I think ultimately, too, there were really no consequences for anybody's behavior. And you yeah. see that in the. Not the oldest son, but the one that had run the business and he had run it into the ground several times and the father just gave him more money to fix it. And so right. he never became, and that's an, as, as an adult. And I think you see that kind of same disconnect with the, the couple that had the children that they just, they didn't know what the kids were doing. They weren't involved with the kids. They weren't doing you yeah. know, anything with them. So there was no, there was no care. There was no, um, guidance. There were no rules. Yeah. There was yeah. no boundaries. You could do whatever you want as long as, yeah, as long as you wanted. Right. And I think that's something that I appreciate about the way this was written because the story depends on having this house full of maniacs, potentially psychotic people. Mm who hated the man at the top and the psychology of the writer. I'm assuming that was Agatha Christie. Mm -hmm. It was correct. It was biblical. I mean, if you are this kind of person with your family, you probably will these engender the these yeah. kinds of reactions. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that I noticed is just studying history and stuff that, one of the dangers that his, uh, that historically attends 
people who are used to a lot of comfort and opulence and wealth, mm -hmm. there are certain sins that become kind of peculiar to that group of people, you know, and there are some sins that you're just not going to find as much of in a culture that's struggling to survive. Mm -hmm. and there's something about being comfortable and, and having everything handed to you that does breed a certain flavor of Yeah, of sins. excess, yeah. And I felt like, on some level, the creators of the show understood that. And so I felt like the psychology of the father and all the potential suspects and murderers, mm -hmm. all that was kind of consistent with the world God made, you know, that this really is how this works. Yeah. And so I appreciated that aspect of it, at least. Because a lot of what you run in today, you find, like in cop shows and stuff, you'll find basically writers creating psychoses out of out of whole cloth they just come up with their own <laughs> this is the motive why this person acted like that and you're like what and well yeah nobody's ever acted like this in the past and this has never been the reason but it yeah. is in this show yeah. and uh i understand why that happens but it's refreshing to see somebody who understood human nature enough and understood the real world enough to write something consistent with that yeah I think that's correct. All right. Anything else occur to you? Uh, well, like you say, I think I, I talked about just having no consequences and no guidance. And I think I've told you before, you know, the dysfunction we grow up with is the one that we consider normal. <laughs> and so... I think you see that repeated in a way with the, and there's only the one couple that has children. I don't know if the other yeah. people didn't ever want kids, couldn't have them. I don't know what their deal was, but there was only, and that's kind of different too, <laughs> but only one of the brothers had children. And where the dad, his father, the grandfather had been so over controlling, you know, then the other guy was just like, completely hands off with his kids right is what it appeared like not in their lives at all so it was just uh and i don't know sometimes when you grow up in one extreme in your effort to not continue that extreme you do another extreme and it's just not as good either yeah it's easy for the pendulum to swing too far yep you say well, i'm never going to do what my yeah, dad right. did that's right. I'm never going to be that person. Okay, but then you're this person who isn't really much better than that other person that you're trying to be. So you say normal is really just the dysfunction that you are used to. <laughs> well, I think it is. I, I don't think there's any family that is not dysfunctional in some capacity because we're fallen people. Yeah. And that's a lot of the problem when people get married is like, your family is crazy. <laughs> and the other person saying, oh, no, your family is crazy. Right. And the truth is, it's all of us. <laughs> We're all crazy. For sure. All right. Very good. Well, I think that's about it for us. Since we can't say anything more. No. Which is sad because I think there's stuff there, but. 
All right, then. <laughs> we have to wrap this up, Ma. All right. Got to move. See you later. Bye. <laughs> so go out there. <laughs> We've got listeners who are creative people, game designers and authors and mentors and teachers. And, uh, wow. That's surprising. <laughs> it's shocking, really. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> no, I've seen the numbers. We have... <laughs> Tens. Tens upon tens. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jordan. A multitude of dozens. (laughs) Anyway, what was I going to say? Bye. You need to figure out. I was going to say goodbye. (coughs) Just encourage you to think of the arts and creative work as uh, another area in which to bring the kingdom and preach Christ. So let's do that. Sure. All right. So next week, y'all, God bless you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.